Welcome to Reframing Our Stories. This podcast is dedicated to deconstructing the stories we've been told about who we are and how we're supposed to be. I'm your host, Kara Houck. For those of you in Northern California who's looking for a great home, then this is for you. We'd like to thank the Point and Dexter Real Estate Group, our local sponsor for this episode of Reframing Our Stories, the podcast. The Point Dexter Real Estate Group recognizes the importance of open conversations at home, and they are hoping to help you find your perfect home. Erica can be reached at 530-333-7207. That's 530-333-7207. Back to the show. I met Tammy from a workshop I taught to parents of preschoolers. After the workshop, Tammy came up to me with great gusto and spoke kind words to me. I appreciated her, but more than that, I liked her honesty. She was nervous of how I was going to teach from my religious background. (laughs) She earlier on said to me, you have to change your business name. Her words were, from how you teach and who you are, I would hire you in an instant, but I would never hire Grace Unbound. After that night, I knew I wanted this woman in my life. I wanted her as a friend, and quite frankly, I knew I could learn from her. Well, we reconnected a year or so later, and I cannot tell you how much this woman has enriched my life. It has been a joy to see how her career has taken shape. Tammy is the 100% guilt-free self-care coach. She helps women learn how to care for themselves, to reach the goals they dream of, and to be more satisfied in their lives. I appreciate the words on her website. I believe women are strong and capable, but we live in a culture that tells us otherwise. This is something that rings true for me. Whenever I'm with Tammy, she makes me feel like I am capable. Not only does Tammy coach, but she has a podcast. She helps her community by being a guest speaker at many networking events. She's a mother and a yoga instructor. Basically, she's flat out amazing and I adore her. (laughs) Tammy, thank you for being here today. Oh my God, I could not think of any place I'd rather be more. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here in this crazy experience of the pandemic that we are living (laughs) in. Oh, pandemic times. Yeah. I'm glad to be here with you. I feel like you're the person who I need at this moment during this time where I, the person in my life who's running the show a lot, being the teacher, being the mother, being the woman of business, trying to get my shit together. (laughs) I'm like, what would Tammy do? (laughs) Well, well, funny you should ask. Um, I've, I've actually put out a few episodes lately. Um, I'm, I'm calling this the 10, the 10 tips season. Mm. So I have 10 tips for working at home with kids during a pandemic. I have 10 can't miss podcasts. I have, um, Ooh, this is a good one. Can I swear on your show? Oh, yes. Okay, good. Because that would be really hard if I couldn't. Um, (laughs) My show coming up is called uh, 10 Things to Help You Stop Feeling So Much Like Shit. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm keeping it real simple during these times because people really need to, they Mm. really need to hear it. And so here's the thing, you know, and thank you for the introduction. I got a little teary eyed. That was like the kindest introduction. You're really good at that. (laughs) Um, And and what I want to say to people right now is you're already doing enough. You're already enough. You're Mm -hmm. already enough. Your kids are already enough. Everything's already enough. And if we're all alive at the end of this, we've done okay. Right. And I feel like, do you feel essentially because you work with so many women and you work with them in their businesses and just who they are um, navigating this world that I feel maybe this time of slowing down and we've had to kind of reel it back a little bit. I think it's allowing us to think about our worth as just as is. Cause I feel like I'm a woman who thinks, well, I have to show my worth. Like, right. I have to produce something to show my worth. I have to be the best mom I can. I have to be this amazing wife. 
let me wear all the hats, then I will feel like, okay, here's my worth, you know? Um, but I think in this time, we're like, oh, wait a minute, maybe me, myself, and I have worth. And do you feel with your conversations and coaching, I know that that's something you help do on a regular basis, but are you feeling that's coming up more or what are you seeing happening with that? Oh, I definitely feel like it's coming up more because people, because we're all needing to figure out in brand new ways who we are as employer, as mother, as wife, as human. And so that there, I've seen a lot of the proverbial duck, like lots of feet under the water. Mm. Oh, yeah. That, that happens on the regular, but like during the pandemic, it's like feet under the water and there's like some missing feathers and there's like feathers floating around everyone's head. And again, my thought is you're already good enough. Like I, I just want to say, I start this conversation with everyone as I wish you could see yourself the way that I see you. Mm. Now it's true. I mean, I struggle with this too. Don't think I'm some magical creature that's <laughs> like, I totally have my shit together. And I don't also struggle with this. I do. Mm-hmm. But what I want to, the secret is, is everyone I've ever spoken to at every level of success is like, I don't, I don't think I'm doing enough. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm well qualified enough. I just don't think I'm enough. Mm. And there's something in the water, if you will, if every single woman feels that way. So I think we're being fed a line of shit that women have to do all of this. And I am going to call bullshit on that. Mm. No, we don't. I feel like the more I've aged and have recognized this, the patterns in society and the messages that I received as a young woman and then growing into an adulthood, I was like, I've been calling bullshit on many things where I've just been like, I am tired. I am tired of living up to these expectations that are garbage, (laughs) number one. Hot garbage. (laughs) Hot, hot garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Need to be tossed away as the garbage that it is. So it's like, um, how do we help change that? Like, what's the things that when a woman kind of calls you and is like, so Tammy, help me in this. Like what are, I mean, like what's some of the things that you, can I tell you a secret, Kara? Please do. Okay. Well, I, enjoy, I enjoy secrets. <laughs> I know. I do. I know that I know that you do. Okay. So check this. I am the 100% guilt-free self-care coach. Mm-hmm. Great. Not, not one client has ever called me up and said on my red self-care phone, my emergency phone and said, Oh my God, I'm having a self-care emergency. Not one time. Now, you would think to yourself, then what the hell are your people coming to you for? Okay. And my people come to me because they're like, you know what? I got good grades. I graduated top of my class. I got into the great college. Oh my God, I got good grades again. Then I got a graduate degree. Then I picked up a husband, a kid, and a mortgage and a career along the way. And damn it, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Why am I not happy? I did all the things. I checked all the boxes. I did it right. And mm-hmm. it kind of sucks. Yes. And I'm like, right? And then they say this, what do I want? And I'm like, good question. I mean, one time I asked somebody, they're high powered, like the highest powered. Like my people are ambitious and smart and driven. And they're like, damn it, I'm missing something. So I said, if you could have anything in the entire world for lunch, what would you have? And she was stumped because we are conditioned to look outside of ourselves to find out what's available to me. What are Mm -hmm. my options? What, What would be the healthiest lunch? What would be the fanciest lunch? What would be the most socially acceptable lunch? But I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. Hey, we're all living in a pandemic. There's no look. At, we can't look at anyone else's papers right now. Right. If you were to ask yourself, 
if no one was going to ever make fun of you, or if no one was ever going to talk shit about it, or if there was, or if money and time and space were no object, what would you do with your life? Hmm. It might not be, be a partner in a law firm. Right. Right. You might actually be a painter or you might write the great American novel, Mm -hmm. or you might just be a fill in the blank, right? right? If you use the word just, there's, oh girl, right? I'm just a mom. I'm just, <laughs> I'm a, just, teacher. I'm just a coach. I'm just a, th- please people let us get rid of the word just. Oh my gosh. I feel like I have said that so many times or I've at least most, it. I know. I've heard you say it. I'm like, dude. <laughs> You're revolutionizing people's lives. I'm, I'm just revolutionizing people's lives. Sure, you could take that sentence, but any other sentence, I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. But we're raised not to brag. We're raised not to. We're raised not even not to, to talk. Not to talk. Not to acknowledge when we do good work. Not to yeah. acknowledge when your hair looks good. Like every time I'm like, oh my god, I love my hair. People are like okay, it's good hair, but really, are you going to say that loud? I'm like, I'm making you uncomfortable because I am commenting on a fact. I have good hair. We can talk about it, you guys. Yeah, I sure. You know what? I didn't do anything. I was born like this. I found a good hairdresser. That was it. Mm-hmm. But like, do you know what I mean? Right. But I make people uncomfortable by being okay with who I am. How the hell did I get there? Can I tell you a secret? Oh, this is wonderful, I know. yes. <laughs> so many. Okay. So I just told you that people don't come to me because they're not having a self-care emergency. Right. Right. They come to me because they want bigger things in their life. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, what's standing in the way of getting the thing that you want? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I can't imagine adding anything more to my plate. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have education. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. And I'm like, okay. So what's standing in your way of getting it? Mm, Ourselves. Ourselves. Right. So, right. But I work with people on the most fundamental things. Here's what things I work with people on. Um, I work with people to get new jobs. I work with women who haven't been in the workforce because they've been doing the super hard work of raising kids and now their kids are in school and they want to go back to work. I help people build their confidence to do that. I help people who've been laid off use that time to create new job opportunities. I help people um, manage themselves so they can be the best boss they can be at their regular job. I help teachers deeply nourish themselves so that they can deeply nourish their students. I help people create space in their lives so they can create their next best income stream. So I work with teachers. I work with what I call civilians. Those are the gals with regular jobs. Mm-hmm. I look at my practice. I'm like, wow, I have, I have a third teachers. I have a third civilians and I have a third entrepreneurs. Hmm. And here's why. Fundamentally, what we're all missing is sleep, quiet, food, structure, discipline, all of the things that your grandma, your doctor, and your mom told you to do. Yeah, it's the real deal. So if you feel like I could never do X, Y, Z, like get a job or change careers or even get a different haircut, I want you to spend a couple months working on things like sleep and feeding yourself on a regular basis and that dreaded meditation practice that everybody's like, oh my God, Mm. it's awful. I know it's awful for everyone, but it works. So when people fill their own needs, you will be amazed at the strength that comes from that. Mm. So I work with people and you'll notice the list of things I told you I work with people on. Nobody said, can can you help me sleep? Not one, but every one of my clients, I'm like, how's your sleep? How, like, how are you, how are you feeding yourself? How are you structuring your day? How are you this? And they're like, what does that have to do with what I want to do? And my answer is everything. 
So why do you think so? A lot of that I think is discipline, like the times in my life when I have like, okay, prioritize sleep, like you're going to bed at 10, you're going to wake up at like 6.30. And for me, I've recognized like I have to do journal writing and I have to read in the morning, which I will lend you to know that I've not done that. I've only done that like once since this whole thing has gone down. I recommend that you start right after we get off recording this. <laughs> and I, I know that when I do it, I'm just like more centered. I'm able to not blow up at my children, but there is this level of discipline. And I recognize in myself that I'm not the most disciplined person that I'm kind of, my brain is always swirling around and I'm like going like this. So how do we recognize that discipline in many areas is our friend? Oh, I think of discipline as freedom. As freedom. Oh, that's, that's good. And it's funny that, uh, well, because I don't have to decide every day, am I going to do the things that I need to do to feel the way I want to feel? I do the things I do because I want to feel a certain way. I want to feel calm. I want to feel steady. I want to feel grounded. I want to feel confident. Because when I don't take care of myself, quite frankly, I'm a resentful, grouchy, bitchy person who will knock you down and kick you down while you're there. I'm not kind when I don't take care of myself. So I look at it as a public service to the people I'm around Mm -hmm. so that I can show up as my best self. Mm -hmm. So how do you believe I feel sometimes especially with women, and you can tell me if you disagree, but especially like think about new moms, right? We feel like we're doing everything. We have to take on all these loads. Um, And it's essential for people to have self-care during those times, right? Like I, as a sexuality educator, I tell people all the time, like, hey, your sexuality is also based on the way you feel about yourself, how you're tending to yourself, whether I take my own advice, I don't know. <laughs> but do you think it's valuable to create support circles or, or like accountability partners with that? Because oh, absolutely. Yeah. And okay. So I'm a big that? believer in the Gretchen Rubin four tendencies framework, mm-hmm. uh, which is how you deal with outer accountability. So there's upholders, rebels, obligers, and questioners. And the idea is so upholders, they meet all inner and outer expectations. No problem. I don't know any of those people. Well, I met a couple on a call the other day and I was like, how nice for you. I'm not talking to you. (laughs) Um, Rebels, their tagline is, you can't make me do anything and neither can I. So, right. So talk about how you have to figure out how to talk to a rebel Mm -hmm. to be able to do something. Questioners, that's me. Every time somebody comes at me with, you have to do X, Y, Z. My first response is all middle fingers up. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, really? I have to do that? Please tell me what I need to do. And if you convince me, I have no problem doing it. If you don't convince me or I don't convince me, it's never going to happen. I wonder if that's me. <laughs> it could be. And then, but here's what you said something earlier that I'm like, I think you might be an obliger. So obligers are the oh. biggest group of people that take this test. There's something like 67%, 67 to 70% of people. So obligers are people who have zero problem meeting your expectation. So there are people who Um, can always get stuff done for other people. There are also people who everybody comes to them because they always say yes. And there are also people who get resentful because everybody always comes to them because they always say yes. Mm. Right? But the thing about obligers, what they need is outer accountability. So if you have a goal for yourself, and you're an obliger, you need people on the outside of you and that do not uh, live in your house, i.e. not your spouse, to hold you accountable. So I just, I did this whole um, routines and habits little workshop for a group of women, a women's group that I'm in. And I had everybody take the test and everybody that was an obliger, when I gave this conversation, they were like, really? That's all I need. I just need accountability. I was like, why don't you guys form a group, hold each other accountable, like set your goal. So they decided they're going to be exercise accountability buds. They all have a Peloton bike. 
they all decided they have to spend 20 minutes a day, five days a week on the bike. When they are done, they text a a, either a photo or a video of them on the bike to the group. Everybody cheers, and then they move on to the next day. Well, Best. one of the women in the group, it was like eight o'clock at night. She's got a newborn. She's got twins. She's got this, a really high power job, blah, blah, blah. At eight o'clock at night, she texts the group and she goes, I don't think I'm going to make it. And somebody else in the group said, um, is this, do you want us to say it's okay that you don't meet your goal or do you want us to talk you out of it? And she's, and the woman gets on and she's like, never mind, I'm on the bike. So the point is this, if you are somebody that you have no trouble meeting expectations for other people, find accountability, like text your best friend on a Monday morning and say, by the end of today, I'm going to walk two miles. Mm. Yeah. And then your best friend will write back and say, by the end of today, I'm going to send that terrible email that I've been avoiding for three months. Yeah. And then just knowing that somebody's watching you makes obligers sit up and take notice. So, but what, what I find though is, so why do people struggle with discipline? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I think some of it is personality type. I think some of it is innate because some people think discipline is ridiculous. And so discipline feels like freedom to me and discipline feels like confinement to other people. Yeah. Right. So I want to get back to this fundamental question, which is how do you want to feel in your life? Mm -hmm. And to know, I think sometimes we feel like we don't have choices in that when we absolutely do. Right. I, I almost gave you like a head back, like really ugly face laugh. We have choice in how we (laughs) feel like a high percentage of the time. Like I'm not talking about like clinical depression and things that you need to manage with a, like a healthcare professional. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. No. By the way, I have clinical depression. Mm -hmm. I do work with a mental health provider, but I also do so much. uh, I do have so many daily practices that I manage most of my mental health through daily practices. because, and it's not because I'm beholden to someone else. It's because I simply want to feel the way I feel and what I do matters to how I feel. Exactly. So, and if I don't feel like doing it, I do it anyway. And it's not as punishment. I do it because I'm like, but you don't want to feel like if I wake up and I'm anxious and grumpy. And I'm like, I don't want to feel that way for myself. So what do I need to do to feel the way I want to feel? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes in like, how do I want to feel in my marriage? How do I want to feel in my relationship with my kid? How do I want to feel in relationship with myself? How do I want to feel at my job? I, and I do what I need to do to feel the way I want to feel. So I think like that's a key thing too, right? Because as you were saying, um, and what you've even put on your website, it's like, when you feel better about yourself and when you take the time, your relationships will also be better, right? Because you're going to be like, oh, I, by caring for myself, then X, Y, and Z can happen, right? So the thing is though, how do you, a lot of the times people almost don't believe that they deserve that or they have the right to that, like to feeling you know, to understand that they even have the care and love for themselves. So do you have women who have come to you who just like, where you just have to be like, you matter and you deserve to feel loved and you should love yourself or it doesn't has any out, of that come like out. that? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't come out like that. Like, so it's how does it, how does it come out? It comes out. Usually I could never do that. Mm. I tried that once. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I'm super cool with the fact that you believe out of all the human beings in the entire world that exercise does not actually work for you. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Glad to, glad to meet you person who is not human. And the person I'm talking to talking about my, is myself. Oh, mm-hmm. I spent my entire twenties being like, I'm Yoko Ono. I'm different than everybody else. I'll be over here being special. Mm-hmm. And it's been real humbling finding out that I'm human. So 
<laughs> super humbling <laughs> that yeah. I, turns out Kara, I'm just like everybody else. So <laughs> what I do for myself and for others is I offer them an experiment. Hmm. And it goes like this. I know it doesn't work for you. I know you've done it before. Would you be willing to humor me in trying it again in this particular way for this amount of time? And at the end of that time, if it sucks and it didn't work for you, can we never talk about it again? People are like, I'm totally going to prove you wrong. I'm going to do the thing and it's going to suck. And then we're never going to talk about it again. I'm like, excellent. Cool. And they all Amen. come back and they're like, shit, totally worked. I'm like, I know, you're welcome. It happens to me all the time, every time, all my life, my whole life. So what changed for me was I decided I was, I'm a skeptic of everything. I could just say... <laughs> all caps skeptic. And so I, over the course of my life, I'm like, I'm going to prove that gratitude journaling is stupid. That shit doesn't work. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this, but me and Harvard and UC Davis and UC Berkeley and universities all around the world and Oprah Oprah. have all found that <laughs> gratitude journaling works. But I had to do my own research in my own life to find out they were right. Mm. Right? So if you don't feel like you're worth it, what, what do you have to lose? Right. You know, I feel like that's what I need to do because there's so many things where I myself am like, whatever, <laughs> you just say this shit. <laughs> I'm just going yes. to have to be like, I'm going to prove you wrong in these okay. things so that like, I can be proven wrong. Wait, but give me a for instance. What do you have in mind when you say that? Um, the whole uh, believing, I don't know, this is probably true though. Um, thinking about what you want to happen. You know how people are like, they write down, I will make this much money and I will... Um, uh, accomplish this at this time and I will do this and this and this like writing it into existence I'm all like can that happen and I was like okay there's energies in the world okay I can see how that is and then I'm like how do I do you know okay I do have to I I agree I totally agree so when you write a goal down just by simply writing it you're 50% of the way of getting there mm-hmm you write that goal again and again and again and again and again, you're going to feel like a giant idiot if you don't actually take action to make that happen. That's the truth. Right. Oh my God. If you tell somebody else you're going to do it, the probability of you doing it goes way up because you don't want to look like an idiot to your friend who you're like, I was going to do that thing. Mm -hmm. well, that I told you I was going to do that thing. I kept writing about the thing. I'm not doing the thing. Right. So it's not so much writing it down and forgetting about it. It's writing it down and then being like, oh man, now I'm gonna take the steps to get there. What people don't understand is this, and this is one of my, I'll, I'll just say this. A few years ago, I read this somewhere, I can't remember, somebody lost a bunch of weight. I'm not a weight loss person. You don't need to be smaller than you are to be mm -hmm. better than you are. That's a load right. of shit too. So everybody enjoy your breakfast. But this, <laughs> but this, was, this was key though. So it was a dude, he lost like 210 pounds or something. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's incredible. Blah, blah, blah. How'd you do it? And he said, I lost one pound 210 times. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. That's the shit. This is the thing, you guys. Every single thing in the entire world gets done. One, one thing. stupid, tiny, tiny, this, like the thing that you're like, that's not going to make a difference. I know. Prove me wrong. But if you do one tiny thing consistently, mm -hmm. shit grows. Mm -hmm. so it's funny. I am in a, um, I have a bunch of different people I work with as coaches because coaches need coaches. So mm -hmm. one of the coaches I love, her name is Jasmine Starr. 
and she is a photographer. She's a business media strategist. She's a social media gal. And I've been working with her for just under a year. And I have more than a thousand more Instagram followers. Do you know why? It's not because I'm following Jasmine Starr. It's not because she's helping me do anything. But what Jasmine Starr is, she's like, did you show up today? Did you do the thing you said you're going to do? Did you show your face today? Guess how many times in the last year I've missed posting on social media? Probably three times, four times. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Little tiny actions matter. Little tiny actions are what get you to where you want to be. Like, here's the thing. Like you could, um, it's like traveling across the United States. You all start in California. No, I'm going to start in New York because, because I want to come to California. (laughs) Start in New York and you want to get to California. Now you can take a bus, you can take a train, you can walk, you could skip, you could jump, you could do all the things. But what, what happens is if you, well, you're not taking a plane right now. Right. Um, you're not taking a train right now. You might take a car, but you could walk mm-hmm. and you would still get there if mm-hmm. you don't stop. Right. So I believe that the underlying principles of our basic human needs, which we are all lacking in, like our culture is like, you don't need to rest you don't need to sleep. You can sleep when you're dead. You guys, if you don't sleep, you're going to be dead sooner. So please sleep more. Um, like there's all of these 100%. things that culturally people are like, oh, I can't do that because then I won't be a good worker. I won't be a good employee. I won't be a good mother. I won't be a good this. I won't be a good that. Again, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, when you have a needy toddler, they're yeah. super clingy. And all you want to do is get them away from you because they make you so uncomfortable with their like visceral, like they're not, they're not embarrassed about being needy at all. Right. Mm-hmm. When we don't take care of our needs as grownups, that's how we are to other people. 100%. So if you are sitting here and you're like, I would like to date a nice person, you better be a nice person. I would like my spouse to appreciate me. Do you appreciate you? I would like my children to be respectful to me. Are you respectful of yourself? Mm. And I don't say this in a sassy way. I'm not like calling, I'm not calling you out, listener. What I'm saying is I'm calling you in to, you can get all of those things. You can be appreciated. You can be respected. You can be loved. You can be nourished by doing it for yourself. And when you do it for yourself, no one has to do it for you. Mm -hmm. And when you do it for yourself, you model to your children, this is what grown women do. I also feel, I think there's so much wisdom in that. And I also feel like sometimes I think there's this yearning to be cared for, right? Like in some aspects, in whatever way, right? We're human beings, we need connection. And maybe some of us didn't get um, that tenderness and cared for feeling growing up. And I think what we have to, there's so many of us who are like looking for other ways to be cared for, looking for someone to take on that job. But it's like the more and more, again, that I see um, what I'm learning is that okay, you can take that moment, like if you weren't cared for in the way, which so many people haven't been cared for in the way they deserve, take that time to grieve. Like it's okay to feel that. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to like have those emotions, but then learn how how to cultivate that sense of care and love for yourself to be like, you know, I deserve to be cared for. So I'm going to love myself. And then I do feel like, things start to change for when you start doing It's called reparenting yourself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, and and my childhood, I'll just say I had a social worker. That's how well it went. Um, I've also had tons of therapy. So Mm -hmm. I can say that without, I'm not torn up about it. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. But what I've had to do is really fill in the gaps. 
And so, and it's interesting, like I've done tons of therapy, tons of body work, tons of tons and tons of all of the things. And my friend who is a parenting coach, who I love, her name is Megan Ford with Be Kind Kind Coaching. Uh, She introduced me to the idea of writing love letters to my inner bully. Wow. Oh, interesting. And it's interesting. I actually wrote 50 of them leading up to my 50th birthday. And I've continued that practice because it's been so healing. Wow. That's awesome. And so it's, it's, it's never, it's never too late to create the feeling of love because here fundamentally it comes down to this. And I'm like, like, how do I start this? What I have found in my life is the more I love myself, the less I need other people to love me. Mm. And the less I need other people to love me, the more that they do. Yeah. Right. Like I'm okay. I'm okay. Whatever happens. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for people to love me and give me what I need because they're not coming over trying to like fill in the potholes and like fix bring the, in the extra fix the problems. Fix yeah. the, they're just like, you're just, you're, you're okay. Like in your own, in your own skin, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not perfect. Nothing about my life is perfect. Not even loving myself is perfect. Mm-hmm. However, it's a practice, right? It is. Um, every day, somebody the other day said, um, she called it sustainable starting or something. And I go, oh, I call it um, doing little bits every day till I'm dead. <laughs> so if I miss a day of self-care, it's okay. Cause I'm going to do more. Cause I'm going to do this till I'm dead. And so I'm just like, I feel like you should just like put this on a t-shirt doing little bits every day till I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you, you fill in the little bits. So like you yeah. can kids every day till you're dead, <laughs> or you could write a little bit on your book every day till you're dead, but we're all doing stuff um, a little bit every day till we're dead. So I just am choosing to fill in my days with stuff I know are going to like sustain me and nourish me and, and help me feel connected to others. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that's been very strange in this, uh, in this learning to love myself journey. And I hate to say that because I know everyone just cringed a bunch. They're like, oh my God, you're talking about self-care and self-love. Oh, it's awful. Can you, right. I'm like, I know I want to come up with, I also want to come up with different words, but this is what I'm going to say. I've actually never felt more loved or lovable in my life than when I started taking really deep, nourishing care of myself. Mm-hmm. So like you, when you open that door of welcoming in care and love and nourishment and, and nurturing, that's what you get. Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. How have you, you are a mother to a daughter. I am. So how have you passed this to her? Well, there's a James Baldwin quote that says children, and I'm going to butcher it. You all should all look it up, but it's essentially children do not listen to what they say. They emulate what we do. Yeah. So if I want my daughter to love herself, I better get on that. If I want my daughter to have good body image, I better get on that. If I want my daughter to have good self-talk, I better get on that. If I want my daughter to feel like failure is part of the learning process, I better get on that. If I want my daughter to have compassion towards others and self, I I need to get on that. So whatever I do, I, she is watching me always. Mm. And she's not going to do what I say. She's going to do what I do. Interestingly enough though, my mom was ahead of her time in that she, she was born in 1945 and all through my childhood. So she, she had one foot in super traditional and then she had another foot in the feminist movement. Mm-hmm. Like she shed like a toe in the feminist movement. She was aware and alive and taking it all in. And during my childhood, when my parents got divorced, especially, she would say, and I was like 10 when my parents got divorced. And she said, don't do what I did. And I was like, okay, 
Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> cool. I don't want to do that. She's like, don't rely on other people for money. And I was like, dialed. Right. So she was, she verbalized, don't do what I did. Don't take this life as a model. I want you to have more. I want you to have better. But it was very confusing. Cause I was like, okay, I'm totally down with not emulating this, but what do I do instead? Right. And so what I'm trying to do is live into the life. I want to imagine the world I want my daughter to live in. I want to create that for myself so that she sees the woman that loves her the most doing the thing that she wants to happen, that I want to happen for her. Hmm. That's so good. And again, not perfect. Yeah. And we can change, right? Like I just think about, oh, I, I want so much for my daughter, right? Like the, the things that I experienced growing up, obviously I don't, some of the things were great and I want her to experience and other things I'm just like, Oh God, I don't want you to experience this. Right. And I want her to have a different self-talk. And I already know that I have failed tremendously in some of those areas, but I think it's like being cognizant of it too. And then forgiving ourselves and be like, do different, right? Like, okay, so you messed up here. We're not perfect. Find yourself some grace. Here's a, here's a, uh, I'll save you a bunch of money on therapy. Cause I actually had to talk about this with my therapist and she said, it's called rupture and repair. Mm. Like you mess mm-hmm. up, you, you apologize, you make amends, you do better. Yeah. You mess up probably in the same thing again, again, uh, again, like we had a huge blow up and I lost my ever loving marbles the other day. And my daughter came at me and she was like, I apologize. And she goes, that's okay. And then we both looked at each other and I was like, not really okay. And she goes, I do forgive you, but you really need to get it together and not do that again. I was like, (laughs) I am trying. She's like, I know they did that when you were a kid. It's not okay. Like, stop doing that. I'm like, I am aware. And we're straddling a line right now where you need to just accept my apology. (laughs) Like, okay. And I was like, and your part, she's like, I'm sorry I did the thing that set this whole thing off. You guys, she's nine. Right. Right. So I'm like, you are totally living a different life than I did at nine. Yeah. And I think she's going to be stronger for it. Yeah. I know. And it's like, it's almost too of, this is kind of a different subject, but teaching like respect and different things too, but also being, allowing your kid to express their feelings, even if you're just like, you can't talk back to me like that. But then at the same time, you're like, but I do also want you to express yourself. <laughs> right? I, yeah. And it's funny. Cause I don't, I, I didn't get the like easy breezy kid. She's, she's definitely people are like, well, she's just like you. I'm like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't make her <laughs> and she's just like me. So cool. But it's so funny, but I have said over and over since becoming a mom, and that is, she's going to be such a great grown-up if she can get through childhood. <laughs> right. Because girlfriend's going to have a lot of opposition along her way as a small Asian woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, yeah. okay, I, she's a formidable op- opponent. I'm happy that we're trying to be on the same team. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I don't want to fight her, um, <laughs> you know, and I also, I don't want her to give up her fight. Right. My fight has served me well and continues to serve me well. Um, I want her to have that. And I want her to live in a world where there's even less buying into like the diet culture and you have to look a certain way and you have to say things a cer- like, mm-hmm. I'm not here for that for her. I wasn't here for it for me, but I'm like, I want my life to have been a lesson in changing that so that she can not have any, you know, I'm going to say it so she can have an easier time in that regard. Like, I mean, yes, but I feel like the women who came before us did tons to pave the way for where we are now. Oh yeah, for sure. So for sure. Yeah. So, um, the other thing I was wondering is you've had different jobs, right? You were a teacher and a lobbyist and now a coach. And you've talked about essentially a lot of the women have just, we feel this sense of lack of worth or capability and different things like that. But I'm interested 
based on your experiences, is there a united theme you think of how people function besides lack of sleep and different things like that? Like what's the overall story that you think people, humans in general, from your experiences of these different occupations that we need to change of ourselves? Okay, I will say this. I first want to clarify that I've been a teacher, a lobbyist, and a coach, and people might be wondering, what on earth do those things have in common, and why (laughs) is this crazy bird job hopper on this podcast? You guys, I went into politics because I wanted to make the world a better place for women Mm -hmm. and children. I went into teaching because I found I could help children make their lives better by being their teacher and their advocate and teaching them how to stand up for themselves. And I became a coach because it really put my advocacy skills and my teaching skills all into one place. Mm -hmm. Plus it allowed me the freedom to make the world a better place for women and kids from the comfort of my own home whilst I was raising my daughter. So they are connected. So I want to start there. I felt they were connected from the beginning. Yeah. But that's just because, you know, that's because we just know each other. Yeah. But I wanted to make that super clear that you're not, people are like, what is even happening? Um, Okay. So the thing that I think will change the world is this. If people, all people learn about and practice self-compassion and you're like, what is this self-compassion you speak of? Read about self-compassion on Thanksgiving day, I believe seven years ago. Hmm. I was reading a Brene Brown book as one does. And <laughs> then you, right. And then you read the footnotes to find out what research she's yes. talking about. And then you get the books from the footnotes and you read those too. So I'm a deep reader. And one of the books that she talked about was Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. And Kristen Neff is a professor at the University of uh, Texas and Austin. And she wrote this book called Self-Compassion. And it has three parts. And I'll, I'll lay it out. And she is fancier in the way that she talks about it. So you could go find her. She's all, she's kind of boring. I know I said that, but I want her to spice up her stuff because I'm like, your shit is awesome, Kristen. Come on, let's get it together. Just be a little anyway, spicy. Be a little spicy. Okay, so I, this is my take on self-compassion. And this practice, I remember what I was wearing. I remember what I w- where I was sitting. I remember what day it was. Um, this was so impactful. So self-compassion has three parts. The first part is we speak to ourselves kindly. Okay. Everybody just went, Oh my God. Oh, I don't do that. Um, Right. It will be the hardest thing you do all day is instead of, instead of talking shit to yourself about how stupid you are or how you're the worst parent in the world, how ugly you are, how all of the things, if you learn to speak kindly to yourself and goodness gracious, that is a practice. It is a moment by moment practice. So that's the, that's the first step. Could you imagine a world full of people who spoke mm. kindly to themselves? Mm. Okay. So we have step one, speak kindly to yourself. Step two, this is for the judgy judgertons out there. Hello. <laughs> it's a thing called common humanity. Yeah. We're all in this together. We are all human. And if you're human, that means you're kind of an idiot sometimes. You make tons of mistakes. You make the same mistakes over and over again. You're a jerk. You're all of these things. You're a judgy, judgerton asshole. So what you do when you see the mom, well, we're not going to Target right now, but pretend we're in the olden days. (laughs) You're at Target and you see a mom and their kid is losing their ever-loving mind in the aisle. If you are not living in common humanity, you go, oh my God, I can't believe she can't get control of that kid. What an awful, this is terrible. How horrible. They're, they're, they're ruining my target experience. Now, if you're pa- practicing self-compassion, you pause. You don't look at the child. You mm-hmm. look at the mom who's trying really hard not to make eye contact with you. And you say, I see you there doing your best. That's mm-hmm. hella hard. 
mm-hmm. hard when your kids lose your mind. So and in my mind, I think I'm super glad I'm not you right now. Cause I hate when my kid does that, but what you do is you give them nice eyes to the mom and you're right. nice to you. And if you want bonus points on common humanity, when your kid is in the basket, cause they're still little and they see another kid losing their ever loving mind, you say to your child, that kid's having a really hard time, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And, and your kid goes, God, they really are. And I'm like, oh, I hope they feel better. And the yeah. little kid that's in your car goes, Oh yeah. I hate when I, when I, when I do that, it's terrible and they must feel awful. And then you go, I know. And then in your mind, you're like, I'm super glad you're not the one melting down right now. And I'm not getting the side eye from the jackass in the frozen foods aisle. So common humanity, we're all in it together. Everybody sucks and everybody's great. Yeah. <laughs> give each other grace. Right. And then the third part of self-compassion is mindfulness and mindfulness in my view is just paying attention being observing. What you're doing. You're observing. Yeah. You're, you're like, do to do going through your day and you realize you're being super judgy about something. And then you're like, oh shit, sorry. I don't do that anymore. So, right. It seems to me that the word that you just described in all of this is a sense of empathy, right? We have to have empathy for ourselves and like self-compassion with other people. And it's like, and I think the hard thing is, especially today, and this is something I teach about too with parents. I say, here's the, one of the main things I want you to start teaching your kids to understand healthy sexuality and it's empathy because we're losing that. And the world. ability to, the ability to see yourself in somebody else's situation. Yeah. Well, and just like, and care and compassion because, and we're losing some of that within our virtual world, right? Like we're more flippant of like, let me, let me get my message across and let me tell you what I think, you know, we can lose, we can lose some of that. Like that's, that's the, that's we're the becoming call, disengaged. Right. But that's the call out culture versus the call in. Right. So the oh, call yeah. out is yelling at people. The call in is sending a private message and say, maybe the reason people are reacting like this is because this is how this is happening. Maybe talk about it in this way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's educating yeah. versus like, throwing down and being like, you're an idiot this morning. Yeah. Oh my God. It happened this morning. My, somebody I know on online posted something from a source that I literally wrote, what is this source? And I sent it. And mm-hmm. then I scrolled down a little bit and then I went back up and I deleted it because I was like, do not call her out yeah. about this fake news source. Send her a private message and say, I hear what you're saying about that thing that you think is unjust but that might not be a real news source. Mm-hmm. We'll look and see if that thing is still true in other ways. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like using do some research. Yeah. Do some research. So call call people in instead of calling people out. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing I wanted to yeah. tell you and say is that the whole like seeing thing. So I did um I did a talk at a church. I had to do a sermon. Sometimes people ask me to do sermons when I go speak at churches on sex. It's not always my favorite thing, but I decided, so we do like, you know, in churches, they do peace be with you. And, they and sh- also with you. And also with you, like peace be with you, peace uh-huh. be with you, um, spreading the peace. And so I instructed the church. I said, I want you to do something different today. Instead of saying peace be with you, I want you to shake the person's hands or wh- however you do it, look at them and say, I see you. And it's- Did super- everybody go up in flames? <laughs> I know. <laughs> It was so vulnerable. First of all, how vulnerable. And then what was fascinating, especially the pastor then later told me, he's like, one, I know people were affected by that. And two, some of the main people who he thought was very effective about it was the senior citizens. Because a lot of the times, right, the elderly go unseen or feel like it's like in our society, it's almost like you get to a certain age and you're like, okay. Thanks for playing. You know, <laughs> I think that age is about 50 and I'm like, well, good luck. I'm not disappearing for you. <laughs> right. But the whole aspect of, I think it's so strong of, I see you because we all want to be seen. And that's the whole point, right? I think so much of us want to be seen. We want to be heard. And it's like, why? That, but that's a basic that, that condition. Yeah. That's what I mean. And so like being able to offer that and do that for others I know. And within ourselves is huge. It's huge. But Kara, the reason I asked if people went up in flames is like, that is so vulnerable. And it's so oh, funny. I know. Peace be with you. I roll my eyes at church stuff. Cause I'm like the hypocrisy. 
mm. is just dripping. And so I hear that. I'm like, but okay, peace be with you, but I want you to tell me how you're actually creating peace and then I'll take your peace offering. But when you <laughs> say, I see you, mm -hmm. most people do not want to be seen because they have a deep, deep fear that they are unlovable. Right. Oh, I know. And so it plays off of that whole thing. Cause I know like we want to be seen. I think deep down, we all want to be seen to our core, but we're scared as hell because of how we feel and because whatever secrets we might have, or because it's like, well, if you really saw me, then maybe you really, really love me. But it's also like practicing. I feel like it's a practice of being like, well, if we allow ourselves to practice who we really are, to like be able to live into who we want to be, you know, and understanding who that might, who that might, I don't know how I'm saying this might be and who that is, then we can do that for others and do that for ourselves, even right. though it's scary and hard. It's scary and hard, but I will say that, you know, what will get you there is self-care. Right. I mean, self-care is just like the, like the most basic building block of self-love mm -hmm. and self-love and self-respect and self, self being okay with yourself comes from those, those practices, those, those things. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I actually did, um, one of my podcast episodes, the lowest listened to by far, by like hundreds, is the one titled self-love. Really? Laughable. Where I was like, damn, people are like, mm-mm, you and your self-love lady, we are not talking about that. And in fact, every coaching program I've been in, I've been in a money mindset. I've been in several business things. Da, 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 da. It doesn't matter what you get coached on. It doesn't matter any of it. So it comes down to self-love and self-respect. So this, I'm in this money, like, <laughs> like, like figuring out your shit around money um, coaching group. And, um, and I've been through the program several times. And one of the participants says on one of the calls to the leader, Hey, um, I'm pretty sure all of these things are about self-love. And the leader goes, duh, if I called it that, none of you people would be here. So I called it something else. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And, then and this coach has thousands of people paying thousands of dollars to get over their money stuff, but it's all fundamentally how we feel inside. Yeah. That's and I was truth. like, I, I could not stop laughing because I was like, oh, there you go. But I'm just a little bit more direct. <laughs> that's so funny that's so fascinating I love that those are things too that I know I'm like oh this is great I feel like even today within this podcast you've been a coach <laughs> for me it's been wonderful yay <laughs> do you see what she could do right so how do people find you Tammy if they're just like this lady's rad I need okay. her in my life so as everyone so does Thank say. you. There are several ways, but the best way is to find me at my website, which is Tammy, T-A-M-I, Hackbarth, H-A-C-K-B-A-R-T-H dot com. On TammyHackbarth.com, you can find the, there's a tab for the podcast, the 100% Guilt-Free Self-Care Podcast. There are new episodes coming out every Thursday. There is a tab to find out how you can work with me. So if you think, okay, I need some of this self-care business in my life. Come and give me a jingle. I have a 100% so, uh, guilt-free self-care Facebook group where I go live during the pandemic, which I'm like, how long is this going to go on? Well, I right. guess we'll find out. <laughs> I'm going live Monday through Friday, uh, doing some mini uh, coaching stuff with the members there. It's totally free. And I am on Instagram every day. Yes. <laughs> and you can find me um, at Tammy Hackbarth on Instagram. Awesome. Well, I totally appreciate you. And thank you for being here talking Thanks to me on this, this podcast. Uh, you're welcome. And thank you for uh, having this conversation. Also, if you guys want to hear 
Kara on the 100% guilt-free self-care podcast. You can find her episode in the archives over at TammyHackbarth.com. It's true. That was also a fun day and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So um, thank you so much. Thank you.